Do you struggle to find your voice in a noisy world? Do you feel your voice lacks confidence and energy to accurately communicate your thoughts, ideas, and passions? Do you wish there was an easy way to give your voice what it needs to captivate your audience every time? My name is Clay Collins, and like you, I struggled with these issues for years. But I found a blueprint that can help you change the way you think about your voice and therefore the way your voice comes across to others. Welcome to the My Voice Mentor Podcast. What happens when the style you're trying to sing is in direct conflict with good vocal technique? Man, have you ever come across that one? Well, I tell you what, that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, if you want to improve your voice, whether you're a public speaker or a singer, check out my free five-day vocal bootcamp. All you got to do is click on the link in the description or go to myvoicementor.com forward slash bootcamp and you can sign up for this free course that's going to give your voice some really good practical tips to start improving it right now today. Can't wait to give that to you. So head on over there right now or after this podcast and sign up for that. I would love to love to get you on your journey. So let's talk about today's topic. Style is usually the thing that gets us interested in singing. And it's usually our starting point. And at times it can actually be our worst enemy because not everything that is pleasing to the ears or is sounding the way that we want it to sound is necessarily beneficial to our voice. And so practicality would say, well, anything that doesn't promote good health with my voice, I should abandon that. But then we have a potential other problem when we do that is, oh, wow, now the impact or the style that I'm trying to do is sacrificed for good voice technique. The struggle is real. This is a real struggle. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. And today is specifically for singers, but it actually might actually pertain to acting and public speaking as well, because you might be a voice actor who at times might imitate other voices or do character voices or something like that. And some character voices might cause a little damage to the voice. <laughs> and, but we still have to maybe at times do that. Uh, an, an example of like a character voice that could maybe be long-term damaging is the movie voice, that guy in the world, that guy. I mean, he's made a living doing that sound, but I can't imagine how long I could do that voice before noticing some problems with my voice. So that's kind of what I'm talking about today. So this affects not only singers, but public speakers as well. And if you happen to be like a coach or something, you might have the coach voice that's like, come on, guys. Or maybe actors like Jack Nicholson completely destroyed his voice. You can't handle the truth. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I mean by style or character or, or voice tone. Now, I've heard a lot of technically perfect voices. In fact, a lot of times voice coaches like me have figured out how to sing and speak Technically perfect. Everything's just perfect. The perfect amount of nasal residence, all of this. And they, they just, even when they talk, they talk like this. It's perfect. It's perfect. And so when they go to sing, it's perfect. It doesn't sound perfect, though, does it? No. But, but you get what I'm, what I'm getting at here. It's like sometimes the, the technical approach is 
not necessarily what we want to do, but then we can go the other, other extreme. What I want to talk about today is some practical tips, practical guidelines to help you steward this balance between style and technique, because you have to consider both. So the first thing that I want to say is the 80-20 rule here really does apply. And the 80-20 rule basically means 80% of the time, do the healthy thing, and that gives your body and your voice a 20% margin for things that may not be best for your voice, but the body can tolerate it because 80% of the time you're doing the right thing. So what I encourage singers and speakers to do is, hey, I want you to, I want you to adopt some healthy vocal practices all the time. Like one of the things that I noticed in my speaking voice for the longest time until I actively started changing it is I knew how to sing with good technique, but then when I'd go to speak or do voiceovers, I found myself talking like this. And then after about three hours of that, I noticed, oh, wow, my voice is scratchy. I'm tired. My voice radically changed at the end of that third hour than from the first hour. And without realizing it, I was trying to soften my voice, putting a little bit of softness to it. And I did that for hours on end. And was causing some voice problems. Well, once I realized this, okay, now I realize I need to change my speaking voice to be a little bit more sing-songy, a little bit more the way I would sing a song, a little bit more compressed, a little bit less breathy. And I found by doing that and getting into the habit of doing that, my voice would last much longer and I could speak for longer periods of time. And so that's one of the things that I do is just make sure that I'm not overly introducing a lot of breath when I'm talking, not gasping for air and just inhaling and exhaling, causing a lot of vocal strain that way. So that was one of the things that I did is really just whatever I'm doing 80% of the time, which is usually not related to my profession, just in my everyday talking, I try to adopt good, healthy vocal habits. That way, when I might need to do that one thing that might be a detriment to my voice, it will quickly recover because most of the time I'm doing the right thing. That's a really good practical tip. Adopt healthy vocal habits all the time. And that's going to give your body the ability to deviate from that occasionally. It is kind of like when we go to the doctor and the doctor says, don't eat junk food. And don't have a life either because everybody should be eating cauliflower and broccoli. Like, no. I, occasionally, I want to have that Big Mac. I mean, let's just be honest. But I can't eat there every day. I can't have that every day and expect to get the nutrients I need. But occasionally, that Big Mac tastes really good. So really, the 80-20 rule applies in the same way to the voice. Let's just be mindful and healthy most of the time. Sometimes I really think about this, and I think of artists that only had a couple of songs that I know of because they damage their voice so much. And one of those that comes to mind is, is Louis Armstrong. You remember him? He's like, I see trees and green. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that, that, that guy. I mean, we know that song. It's an icon. So, I mean, could you imagine being that guy's voice coach? He comes into her office to start singing like this. And you say, dude, your technique is terrible it's awful we gotta fix that and then and all of a sudden this voice coach works with louis armstrong and 
After a while, Louis Armstrong learns how to sing with proper technique, and he begins singing like this. And all of a sudden, all the character and quality of Louis Armstrong that we know and love is gone. Well, that, that's, a, that's dumb. <laughs> we, we probably wouldn't even know who that guy is. It's that specific voice that we know and hear. It's like every time you hear that, I mean, my gosh, every time I hear that song, it brings tears to my eyes. I just, I just love it. And I honestly don't know what happened to him because really, aside from that song and maybe one other, I'd never heard any other Louis Armstrong song. Maybe that was his mark on the world, I guess. But what would I tell Louis Armstrong? Don't do that all the time. Do it sometimes, right? But not all the time. As you can see, I'm capable of making a Louis Armstrong-esque sound, but I don't live there. So I think I've gotten that point across is that sometimes there's things that you're going to want to do, but you need to at least be aware that they may not be beneficial to the voice. So what are some of these things that can cause damage to our voice that are related to, to style? I'd say the number one problem that I come across with singers is too much breathiness. They're so breathy. And then they gasp the air and they're gasping again because they're running out of air quicker and they have to take even more. I mean, and you hear it over and over again. I mean, Grammy winning singers are doing this. And five years later, you hear that sad story about they develop nodules and they have to get surgery and it's heartbreaking. So I would say if you if you notice a lot of breathiness in your voice, you might want to adjust it. Now, again, it's not that you can't ever sing breathy or ever sing in that way. There might be a specific moment in a song or a specific song that calls for it. But if you find that every song has an overly breathy quality to it, you might want to pay some attention to that because too much air passing over time over the vocal cords is only going to dry them out and cause them to be brittle, which means the body tells them that they need to develop calluses to in order to withstand all that dry air. And then all of a sudden your voice gets even more breathy and after a while it becomes unusable. Well, we don't want that to happen. So be aware of the breathiness. Another common problem among singers is lacing their voice in the lower throat. And that would be kind of the example that I gave earlier with Louis Armstrong. All of that is in the lower throat. Ah. That is very, very hard on the lower throat. A lot of that is going to create problems. And if you find that you're feeling strain in the lower throat, even right now, my voice is getting weaker from having done that. So I'm doing damage to try and help you. So, but there it is in the lower throat. I would say most major vocal problems occur right there in the lo lower throat. It'll immediately start to manifest if you do it on a regular basis. Your voice will get weaker, your range will diminish, and we don't want any of that to happen to you. All right, cool. So an example of singers that sing with a lower throat would be like Mariah Carey. She at one time was a coloratura and had an incredible range, but her pop singing really put a lot of pressure on the lower throat, and she would do moves like, which she'd go low, she'd go deep into the lower throat. Sometimes with opera singers, it would manifest itself like, oh, and it would just be very much in the lower throat, and they'd get a lot of power out of it, but it puts a lot of pressure. Now, again, it's not like you can do this never, but you've got to be aware of it. 
What I have found consistently that takes care of my voice and continues to strengthen and build it is this middle part of the voice that I'm talking to you right here. It's thin, it's not overly boomy, but it's not overly high. It's just kind of in this middle place where I focus that energy right through the teeth. We call that singing into the mask, and also we refer to it as a speech-level approach, kind of the voice that we would naturally use when we talk to someone. Usually, is the best part of our voice, and that's usually what I try to do. So avoid the lower throat, avoid a lot of breathiness in your tone. Finally, another thing that can cause problems is when we push the larynx high up into our skull, and that tends to sound a little bit like this. If we're trying to hit high notes, we push the larynx up, and it, it really is not very pleasant to feel. I'm sure you remember the actor Jerry Lewis. That was his shtick. He would push his larynx way up, and that was his character. So you might be a voice actor that sometimes uses that voice. Well, all I can say is, don't make a habit of it. And if you find yourself and you're talking with kind of a higher resonant voice like that, chances are you need to move that larynx back to a neutral position. Some of these techniques are a little hard to get a hold of at first. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you some resources to help you get a handle on it. But these are just some basic things to think about when style gets in the way of your voice. So in conclusion, I want to leave you with this. If you have to choose between style and technique, my honest answer to you would say, in the moment, favor style, but in the long term, favor technique. You don't have to live in the place of style all the time. In fact, one of the things that I teach my vocalists is when it comes to technique, remove style completely. Let's remove it. I almost take a Will Smith approach. Who you are right now is a little fluid. We're going we're gonna to work with it. We're going to remove everything you think you know about your voice, and we're going to start with the basics. When we remove style, it actually helps us build better technique so that when we reintroduce style, we can do it in the right way. So I hope I've given you some things to think about. And if you would like to take the next step with your voice, again, I encourage you to go to myvoicementor.com forward slash bootcamp and get started right away with my five-day course. You're going to love it. It's going to give you some great tools to start strengthening and helping out your voice. But in the meantime, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and hit the bell notification in case you want to hear future podcast episodes just like this one. But until next time, continue to invest in your voice. It is worth your investment. See you next time.